Junkie Podcast, episode 95. Suze, your playing is lovely. The playing, Suze, is lovely. But I'm coming in hot with the hot action here. Running hot. HW's running hot today. My, my, how far we've come. Episode 95, let's do it. Got a bunch of stuff to cover. Got some Instagram questions. We're going to do some Instagram questions on the next few episodes of the podcast, along with some other topics that are on my mind. Um, but also, but I'll probably start taking some questions from the people who buy HW a coffee. Link below in the description. Thank you very much. Mm. Today, though, today's not coffee. Today is a lovely English uh, breakfast tea from the English tea shop. And um, I started making this tea, and then one day the tea wasn't in there anymore. My wife said, I said, hey, where's that big bag of tea? And she said, what? I said, that big bag of tea that's been in here. She said, you drink drink that? I was like, yeah, I make myself cups of tea in the afternoon. She was like, someone gave us like a thousand bags of tea, like two years ago, and I just figured no one ever used it. I just threw it away. I was like, don't do that. So uh, we went and got it out of the garbage can. It was still in the plastic, so it's okay. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, who doesn't like a, uh, some delicious English uh, tea in the afternoon, you know? It's a little bit of sophistication from across the pond. The pond with a D. Congratulations to my buddy Stu. He just became a citizen, which, is, which I'm, very, I'm very happy. He's one of us now. He's really one of us. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. My, my, how far we've come. Um, I want to talk about uh, some of, I got a bunch, I got a bunch of stuff to cover. I, I put out a, a, a video this morning on Tone Match DIRs, the, the thing everybody's getting wrong about Tone Match DIRs. I want to talk about that. Um, I saw some people made some Tone Matched IR videos, um, including one that said like Tone Matched IR myths and this. Um, I rarely watch other people's content, <laughs> so I didn't watch anything, but I'm just going to talk about what the perceptions that I see, uh, on some of the, on some of the, uh, the forums and stuff. We'll get into that. Uh, uh, one gentleman wants to know how much some Instagram stuff here, uh, uh Instagram questions that were submitted. Uh, HW, how much have you made since you started Tone Junkie? Uh, like a billion dollars, pretty much like a billion, a billion dollars. I'll be putting out my taxes, um, Probably on Friday, actually. So probably like a billion. Um, people want to know what I think, uh, what's next for Kemper, Kemper base rigs, stereo effects into stereo amps versus stereo effects into single amp. I'll just answer that one right now. Stereo effects into stereo amps versus stereo effects into single amp. Uh, if you put stereo effects into a single amp, um, I, I guess you might be, at, I mean, if you put it into an analog single amp, it's going to sum to mono, unless it's some sort of a stereo tube amp, which does exist, but they're not common at all. But you probably mean into the same amp of maybe like a modeler, so it still puts the stereo signal out. Like the Kemper, it's one amp, but it still allows the stereo stuff to pass through the Kemper and to originate after, or maybe you mean like in the Helix or something. In that case, I would say this. To me... um, uh, I, I really don't feel that, um, I think stereo is pretty over, uh, overused and overvalued in terms of, uh, an, a guitar rig. Um, stereo is, um, how we would experience the world, 
right, in real life. We put things in stereo because we have two ears, and so there's a left and a right. And so when you go see a band and you have something on one side of you and something on the other side of you, if you want to feel like you're in that room, you would split those sounds a bit to give you some some a location in the room. In my opinion, when guitar players get very focused on stereo effects and everything, depending on the mix, it's completely useless because the sound guy might take your stereo signal and he might split it, but he also might pan you to one direction. And so half your signal might be at 30% and the other half's at 70%, which makes it kind of like not really, not really, I mean, then stereo is useful in the mix itself in that he's putting you more on one side than the other, which might be very useful to the listener. But in terms of he's only getting half of your delays on this side and not the, you know, delays on the other side, and that that could create some issues. So, um, and not even issues, it just might, you might not be getting, you know, let's say you got a, a quarter note on one side and a dotted eighth on the other, and the guy's putting you on one side, he's, he's kind of panning you and it's going, it's bringing you to the one side. And so you're, the audience is only getting that quarter note. You're not getting that eighth note thing or the dotted eighth, which might be totally the vibe you're after really. So, um, uh, you know, I know some people really love dual amps, um, and some people have the opinion that dual amps are best because you like the sound of amps together, and some people like to separate them so that they hear differences on both sides. Uh, again, if you're a guitar player and it's 50-50 in both sides, it's going to sound lovely and great, and I think it really puts you in a space, but mm, in terms of like actually it, like what a producer is going to do or someone mixing live, they're trying to make parts come out and stuff, and it's kind of going to get lost. So it, sometimes gear is for the player and that's okay. That's okay. It, it, like, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I, I use stereo, you know? Um, but I, I try not to like split my delays up where it's like dotted eighth over here, a quarter over here. Cause that's so different. Right. Um, that way, and they can take either side and however they're running me, you know, it's fine. But anyway, um, that's, that's, that's all for that. Another question here, uh, HW, why is the gear page such a den of thieves? I, that actually wasn't a question. I just I just put that in there. I just put that in there. <laughs> the gear page is, my friends, let me tell you. Sometimes you put up boundaries in your life and you just, you know, you look at an old habit, an old place, a toxic place that wasn't good for you or for anyone else, really, that you should never recommend to anyone. And you just say, no more. No more. I'm done with that. I'm done with that. You know, whatever thing was of value here, I got it and I'm out of here. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. You know, you can't change your friends, but you can change your friends. You know what I'm saying? So I left the gear page. I went back on the gear page. You might be thinking, HW, come on. You're being a little unfair to the gear page. Den of thieves? Pit of vipers? Is it really that bad? Mm. My friend is far worse. Um, no, nah, you're probably thinking, HW, come on. You made, a, you made a video. It blew up on the gear page. I'm going to start making bumper stickers that say I'm famous on the gear page. Um, I'm kind of a big deal on the gear page. Maybe that'll be it. They'll probably sue me. Anyway, it, that's their style. You know what I'm saying? That's their style. To get very hostile is their style. The mods have been hostile forever. They're way overly hostile. The whole community is overly hostile. 
Hey, Shelby, you made a video and it blew up on there. Um, aren't you happy about that? I guess, sure. Uh, I guess some people, some people watched that video, you know what I mean? I had made another video earlier that actually had, like, that I thought was a really great video called This Changed the Helix for Me, and that one, you know, kind of blew up there too. And that was good. This one was just me, what was I even talking about? What was it? It was, um... It was about modelers or something. I can't even remember what it was. Anyway, it blew up. And people were like, wow, this is, um, this is like a, this, this video, they're commenting on it. It was, I read through it and a bunch of people didn't even, um, they didn't watch the video, which was apparent. Oh, it was one of these like modeling is dead or it was like, uh, I can't even remember. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Here, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I should know this. I can't. You see how little space uh, these people take up in my mind? Um, that is how little things take up in my mind. Oh, I said modeling has peaked. It's over. That's right. It was the modeling has peaked video. And um, and it was cool. And I'm ha and uh, yeah, great, great, great. Modeling has peaked. And then a bunch of people, wow, got 236 comments. That's a lot of comments. 16,000 views. That's That's big for a channel like mine. It really is. Um, and then I made a follow-up video because I wanted, I went on there and I started looking at the, uh, at some of the comments and I knew someone sent it to me. Brian Wall from Worship Tutorial sent it to me. HW, you're blowing up on the gear page. So I went over there. There were all these comments, all these comments, all these comments, and they were just awful. And I, I walked in there and I just went, what did you expect, HW? You know what these people are like. This is what they do. This is the least, the least the least community-like place on the internet. It is it is just a, a strange place where everyone thinks they're so witty and there's almost no wit. There's no subtlety. And I'll give you some examples. I went back, so, so then I made a video called uh, They Love Me on the Gear Page, which was very tongue-in-cheek. It, it was me kind of pretending that I didn't know that all these things would be very hateful, and I had read them already. I knew they were going to be hateful. So then I just responded to a bunch of uh, comments in there where people were basically saying, I wouldn't trust Skype. The house was on fire. Why is he so? Why is his face so punchable? And all these things. And look, I, 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 don't, I don't mind people ripping me apart. Um, I really don't. One guy was on some Donald Trump kick. He said, because I spoke with my hands, I must really like Donald Trump. Uh, I don't know. Uh, my dad's side Sicilian. We, we speak with our hands. So, uh, get a grip dude. Um, and then he, he ended up coming back and trying to make more Donald Trump comment. The guy was obsessed with Donald Trump. And for some reason just wanted to talk about it on the digital modeling page of the gear page, which I have no idea. I just, you know, it's like, why did I even wander in this room? And, you know, it was meant to be sort of a joke, sort of a not, you know, I, reading the comments. I knew what they were going to say, of course. Uh, but it was cool. It was a fun video. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it, look, a video like that, people go, oh, now he's just posting videos to get views. It got me 2,000 views. Look how many videos on my channel have 2,000 views. I could care less. None of you are going to subscribe to my emails, buy anything. You're not going to listen to the Tone Jiggy podcast. You have, we will have no relationship after that. And, and, you know, hey, maybe that sounds like, oh, you just make content so that, so, so that people give you stuff. Well, I, I make content for, for people who enjoy my content to enjoy. You know what I mean? I certainly don't make content for people who dislike me. So, um, so no, I don't really do anything for them. It was most, mostly for everybody else, right? And it was, it was meant to be my little commentary on the internet.
But um, recently I had this idea. I thought, you know, I want to get some data on what is going on in the modeling world. So I decided I would start asking some open-ended questions on different message boards. And so I went into several Facebook groups and I went in onto the gear page and I just posted a question and I said, basically, here's the question. Why is modeling better? Why do you choose modeling? What is it? Is it tone? Is it ease of use? Is it flexibility? Is it portability? What is it? What is it about modeling that causes you to use a modeler in you, for your use case? Why is it the best solution for your use case? And my point of doing that is I'm actually trying to ask a series of questions um, across some time, and I'm asking them in different communities. It's a non-scientific way of gathering data, but it's, it's not a bad way to gather some data to get a little snapshot. And I'm going to then do a video about these responses, and I'm going to catalog the responses and develop some type of an idea. How many people say that portability, flexibility, ease of use, uh, price or whatnot is um, is a factor in why they use modeling compared to a tube map. I'd also, I'm interested in how many people utilize not just one digital platform, but multiple. I'm interested in how many people who own modelers also own amplifiers, and how many own, you know, one to two amplifiers, how many own three to five, five plus. I'm interested in that. And so my plan was to ask these questions sort of over time because I want to be respectful of all of the groups and I don't want to bombard them with questions, but I do want to gather some data and I think they're relevant topics. So I've been very interested to read through and I'm cataloging, well, you know, oh, here's a response for price, for for uh, tone. Here's one that says, you know, I, I use my amps and, my, and this and that. And so, of course, as soon as I post that on the gear page, you know, there's all these comments about like, like this, this the least witty comments. Well, I put, why is it better for you? Like, right? Isn't the subtext of a, of a discussion board discussion? So one might think that it would be okay to ask a question. You start getting, on the gear page, you get responses back that are like this. Why do you like it? As though I've come to your house, knocked on your door unsolicited and said, excuse me, why do you like modelers? It's, it's in the context of a discussion group that I've asked a question to the community. And then you get people on there, oh, this is your community involvement. And I think that was tongue in cheek. I, I, the, the, the guys who said that were not, uh, I don't think meant it in, uh, in any sort of ill will. Uh, but some people answer the question, but there's a healthy amount of just venom that exists there. And I was really happy when I made that second video that it actually brought up, someone said, I just watched a Tone Junkie video and I've watched and I've looked at other threads for Rick Beato and Rhett Schull and stuff and 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 apparently we're, we're mean to creators. And they just are. If it's not just creators, they're just mean to everyone. It's like, if you, why do you use a modeler? That's a question. Like, what is valuable about modeling to you? What do you value most? And then people get on here with these witty comments. Well, why, why, why is it valuable to you? As though they're trying to say, it doesn't matter what other people think. Obviously, it met, listen, you numbskull. Obviously, we're all interested in what others think because it's a discussion board. But that's the nuance they miss, that it's a discussion Instead, they just go and they grandstand. I got an idea. If you want to grandstand and you want no one to speak back at you, start a 
obscure podcast on the internet where you speak into a microphone and talk into a camera and make uh, videos about uh, uh, discussion boards because you don't actually want to hear their feedback back because you don't value it. That's right. We're that meta now. I'm talking to myself and I have no regrets. I could care less. <laughs> like, like what you think, Gear Page. I mean, it's like, that's why I don't care to engage. Um, I, I will stop by and and put a little a little thing in there and go. How many uh, how many of us own more than one modeler? And we'll do a little poll, and I'll do that. And um, and you know what? Because I'm utilizing the gear page for some purpose, and someone's gonna say, "Oh, you're gonna make money off that." I'll re up my supporting membership. How about I do that? I'll re up my supporting membership so that when people say, "Oh, he's just trying to make money," you know how little money you can make off a YouTube video at two thousand views it probably the cost of this tea this tea bag i i would bet i made i would i would imagine i made 30 cents i mean it's i I probably used more electricity to edit the video than i will make back on the life of such a video oh but i digress i digress hw you letting them get to you i am man i am they it is a it is a den of iniquity over there. It really is. Mm-mm-mm. But there's a lot going on, you know. So one thing I want to talk about, too, is uh, tone-matched IRs. And um, there seems to be this prevailing thought. I made a video on this, and it's it's up right now. And um, I think I called it, like, um, let's see, what did I call it? And then we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll touch on this, and then we'll answer some questions and stuff. What everyone is getting wrong about tone-matched IRs. I've been getting a little clickbait lately, I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to be more clear. And the, and the title, and then the thing says, you must try this. Whoa, you got to. Or else. Or else what? Or else I'll delete your Fortnite account. I also learned something recently on YouTube. I did some videos of guitar amps that I thought were really interesting. And it doesn't appear that people really like them. Um, they are... They're like some of the worst performing videos I've put out lately. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> I don't know if I should keep making just amp content or not. I'm kind of into amps, right? Like I like amps. I mean, it's kind of a thing. Sorry, this YouTube video started playing. It's kind of a thing, you know, for me. I like amps. Um, but, but does that mean I should make content? I think a lot of my audience is, you know, we're in the digital. I mean, we're like a digital channel. We're the tone junkies. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll make some just cause Susan and I want to try some amps and we'll just do that. But, um, it'll kind of be at our leisure, leisure. That's a word that you can say many different ways, and kind of every one of them sounds smart. At your leisure. At your leisure. I don't know. I think leisure sounds a little smarter. Anyway, um, tone-matched IRs. Here's, 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 here's the thing. There seems to be this idea that if you do a tone-matched IR, it's great at the setting you tone-matched it, but every other setting will be inaccurate. And that, technically speaking, is correct. But 
technically speaking, my next child, uh, you know, I mean, statistically, they should be Chinese, right? Because, um, you know, one one fifth of all people born in the world right now are Chinese. And so if you had four kids, right, and then you were going to have your fifth, you go, well, statistically, this one should be Chinese. And that's technically true. But it has no bearing on reality. If the parents aren't Chinese, the baby won't be Chinese. <laughs> but statistically, it should be Chinese. It's, your, it's the fifth baby. It's one in five. How come one in five wasn't Chinese? This doesn't jive with everything else I'm seeing. It's because um, I used to have this textbook in college. It's a data plus understanding equals information. I always thought that was an interesting little equation they put. Data plus understanding. And they were saying it was a qualitative analysis textbook. And um, it, uh, it was making, a, I think, a very profound point just on the cover of the textbook, which was data is meaningless if you can't understand it. I could have a hundred kids. None of them will be Chinese. I mean, unless I have a Chinese partner, but it doesn't matter. It has no bearing on reality. So what does that have to do with tone matched IRs? Well, everything, because I've made more than five tone matched IRs. One of them should be Chinese by now. No, I'm kidding. Um, the tone-matched IRs, it's true that you set up an amp, and you put the knobs on 5, and you put this knob on 7, and you put this here, and then you have your settings, and you get it kind of close, and then you tone-match it, and then boom, you've got like this sort of EQ-matched version of that thing. And you go, this is great. And I go, yeah, it's great. And it's like, but if you move any things, you've, it's not accurate anymore. And I'm like, well, newsflash, it's not really 100% accurate to begin with. But the other thing is, and in the video I show this, you could just up the gain. And it's like, oh, that still sounds like the same amp. Just It just sounds like there's a little more gain. Like, does that sound radically different? No. So how could you say it's inaccurate? Well, you can be technically right. You can be technically correct. I'm going to start saying that all my tone-matched IRs are technically Chinese, just so I can remember this analogy that I think works so well. Actually, it's quite weak. But anyway, um, you you end up with this very rigid thinking, I think, when you start to just say, well, digital is accurate or not accurate. Because I would then question, well, what is accurate? What do you mean accurate? You know, you take a mic, uh, you take a, an amplifier and you play the amplifier and it has a sound and then you want to capture that sound. So you take a dynamic microphone and you put it on the speaker and you capture it, or, or you, you record it. And then you take a different microphone with a different EQ, and you put that on a different part of the speaker, and you record it, and they sound different. Which one was accurate? Why would you choose one mic over another mic? For their accuracy? Uh, you would choose it because you like the sound of the mic. You like the EQ it imparts. So for example, a dynamic microphone you might use for very heavy guitar. 
because it'll make your sound very defined and it'll, it won't pick up a ton of woofy bass and you can get a very tight tone. You can use a lot more gain and get a very tight tone. But let's say you want to use a fat head by itself on a little amp because you want it to sound really big and fat. You could make a, a Vibrachamp sound real big and have like a lot of lower mids, even though the amp might not in real life. Does it sound inaccurate? Well, it's picking up what's there, but it's emphasizing something. It's got its own EQ curve. Would you use a Royer 121 because you like the silky high end? Did the amp have a silky high end that nothing else could capture? Maybe. Does that mean it's more accurate? Well, maybe it doesn't have as much mid-range. Maybe the mic is too close and you're getting proximity effect. That happens with every close mic guitar amp. So, accuracy, what is that? When the Edge said, hey, change out the speaker in my deluxe. Like, he blew the speaker in his deluxe reverb. I'm sorry, his Tweed Deluxe forever ago. And he replaced it with a Celestium Blue. Was it not accurate to the sound of the amp? Well, he changed the speaker. It sounded different. Why do we choose speakers? For their accuracy? Do we choose flat speakers for guitar amps? No. We choose speakers that have character. From the magnet, the voice coil. We choose speakers that have character because we like the character. So every part of our signal chain imparts an EQ. So to me, the question with Tone Mash IRs is, do we like the EQ it's imparting to get another sound? So with the Mars Astra, let me, let me give you this. I made the Mars Astra pack, and I think it sounds phenomenal. I think it might be the best sounding Marshall we put out. I don't know. When I play the 68 uh, Plexi, I think that's the best one we put out. But when I play the Mars Astra, I think that's the best one we put out. But I actually made that amp. Um, I tone matched it with the JTM45 model first. But when I was moving the controls around, I didn't feel like it was very true to the amplifier. It was inaccurate. But I, I, I matched it to the JTM45 first, and it's in one of the tips and tricks video. I'm playing it, but I'm playing the unreleased version that had the JTM45 uh, model paired with it. And it was tone matched to it. But I end ultimately ended up trashing that because I felt like when I turned up the bass, it did become inaccurate. When I turned up the gain, it did become inaccurate. It started acting differently than the amp uh, in, in a way that um, I, I wasn't enjoying. So I went back and I tone matched it to the Plexi. Now, why did I tone match it to the JTM45 first? I did that because the the Marshall the, the Mars Astra, the Marshall Astoria amp has J, has a KT66s. It's the power tube that's in the JTM45. But that is not a JTM45 amp. If kind of that amp if I could sum it up, I would say it kind of feels like a modern Marshall amp that they kind of made not like a modern Marshall, like a DSL or a TSL or a JVM, not like high gain, super high gain or anything. It actually feels like they were like, let's make a Plexi-ish amp with a bright switch, with a, a gain boost, like some options with some reverb, but let's put KT66s in it and it'll have more of a vintage voicing. like a J So it's kind of a mashup. It could, if you ask me, had they made the Mars Astoria, the Marshall Astoria, um, sometime in the eighties, like had they made it in this, in the late seventies when they made the 2204 at which became the JCM 800, had they made it after that, um, in some of the, uh, maybe the later JMP or the, the, the early JCM. So anyway, 
it, we, we might talk about it like it's a classic Marshall. Like the way we talk about, oh, here's a 79 JMP. You know, here's a 2204, 2203. Here's a, we might talk about it like that. And because it's a really great amp. It's a, it's a great, you know, they kind of just, I think they just went back to the drawing board. I was like, let's just take elements of Marshall's past, put a cream back in there. That's part of the Marshall sound, like a greenback-esque thing. Cream back, you know, a, the cream for more power handling. Two KT66s, like, this is the JTM45 sound. This is what started it for Marshall. They have a, they have a beautiful sound. And let's throw in, um, you know, uh... Uh, like a mar, uh, like a very plexi Marshall sounding kind of thing, and and it, it ends up being an incredible amp. I ended up tone matching it to the um to the plexi circuit to the plexi model, and the reason I did that was because I found that I could up and I could raise and lower the gain without changing the character of the amp too much. I felt it stayed pretty true. I felt it sounded really good too. Um, now, where you'd probably get the most maybe inaccuracy would be if you started turning up the master and downing the master. Maybe that would affect the quote the digital KT sixty sixes more. I don't know, but all I know is clean and dirty. It sounds like that. It sounds like that amp did. And so, is it accurate? I don't know. Is it, does it sound really good? Yeah. Does it really remind me of that amp? Yeah. Do I think it makes any sense at all that we would think of accuracy when we talk about tone? Like, no. No. I mean... Are there any amp in a box pedals that are there any amp in a box pedals that are accurate to the amp? Well, it depends on what you put it through, right? Which is like, of course, the thing with modeling. It depends on what you put it through. It's with the edges five e three. It depends on what you put it through a blue or a or a or an Alnico Jensen. So for me. You know, it's kind of easy to to just say this is this is a fool's errand to only think of accuracy. It's true on the Kemper as well. You know, the Kemper a lot of people say if you turn the gain up or down it destroys the accuracy. You can or you use that EQ, it's not an accurate EQ. Who cares? Do you want more bass? Do you want to turn up the mid? Does it sound good? It sounds good. You know, so I think I just think, I just think, um, you know, you can, at the end of the day, you can be one of those guys on the gear page that when someone's like, hey, I downloaded this AC30 patch and I really like it, but I want to make it like a little brighter. Anyone have any ideas? And you can be the guy who goes, well, as soon as you touch anything and you change any setting, it'll be inaccurate. And so it blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't help them. Like maybe you could talk to them about, well, most bright switches target like, you know, 3,500, 5,000, 7,000, 8,000. You might try a little bump here and a little bump further up if you want to get some more presence out of it. You, you could be helpful. Instead, you choose not to.
It is like uh, the Stoic Seneca said. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is Marcus Aurelius. It is like Marcus Aurelius said. You could be good today. Instead, you choose tomorrow. Mm. You could be good today. Instead, you choose tomorrow. Go after it. You got to get after it. You know what I mean? Seize the day. Carpe diem. Seize the diem. You could be good today, but instead you choose tomorrow. That should be the motto on the gear page. The gear page. You could be good today. Instead, you've chosen snarkiness on the internet. I like it. I like it. Let's answer some Instagrams. Insta what? Insta. Y'all, listen, I'm going to do these from time to time. And so you got to put something out there. And so I'll just Instagram live it right now. I'll just go live right now. And I'll just go here. I'll just put it up. And you'll see this on there and I'll just do it. Guys, I told you, I'm answering these Instagram live questions right here on the Tone Juggy podcast. So um, I'm doing it right now. Look, there's the mic. And, uh, uh, you know, look, here's the, here's the, here's the hand. Here's the hand. Well, hello there. So if you're, if you're not, if you're not, uh, if you're not submitting these and then listening to the podcast for the answer, what are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, no, I'll put some of the answers here though, like in clips and stuff. Uh, that'll be fun. That was my clip for Instagram. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, let's get into some of these. Sorry, I'm trying to find the questions. And this is where they say, HW, stop with the dead air. We don't want dead air. What are you doing? It's dead air. Whatever. Uh, no, some people want to know how much I've made on the Tone Junkie podcast. Um or how much I've made since I started Tone Junkie. Um, I didn't, I, I answered, I'm not going to, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't even know. I'd have to go like total everything up. I mean, I've had Tone Junkie for several years. Um, I, 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 it's, would you keep a running total at your job? Like, I don't know the answer to that question, but my, my biggest thing would be like, I guess if you had a normalized salary, you would it would be very easy to be like, what have I made in the last five years? But if you've moved around job to job, would you kind of know? I mean, you'd have to think about it. Um, I have all the, you know, all the data and stuff. Um, so anyway, um, uh, Kawika Badger wanted to know a Kemper business strategy. I don't know, but I think they're working on something really cool. I think they're working on... Um, uh, let's see. I don't know if you can hear that. My wife is like vacuuming right above my head and I always text her and I'm like, can you please? It's like she waits to vacuum until I'm doing a video and then she's, the chairs like rub on the, you hear it? I mean, it's just, I think it's picking it. It's gotta be picking it up. Um, Kemper business strategy. You know, I don't know what they're up to, but I think they're working hard on something. Ultimately guys, I think this, I think that the iPad, um, the iPad editor eventually led to the mobile editor, which is leading to the idea that, we, or it's leading to the um, the concept of having a profiler, kind of like a little H9 that you control with the, with the software, 
solely. Or, you know, you can do stuff on it, but a lot of the features are kind of, you need the software for. Because we kind of had some options that weren't, that were on the other units that weren't on the stage. For example, you can't save on the stage entire effect sections, entire stomp sections. So, but you can do that on the other units. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there, I think eventually we're getting a pocket Kemper or a little pedal Kemper, and I think it's going to be the best thing out there. And I think I, I can't wait for them to do it. Kemper base rig. Um, I'm going to make some, I'm actually going to work with a couple of my buddies on making some. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, future a Kemper. I kind of just went over it there. I think that, I think they're going to really, I think the next unit is going to be the best selling unit of all time. That's what I think. I, I know that I think the stage became like a really good seller for them. I think the next unit is going to, is going to absolutely blow us out of the water. And, um, and I want to go check out the Chicago uh, showroom really bad. Um, quad cortex, um, a lot of exciting stuff coming up for quad cortex. That's all I can say. A lot of exciting stuff coming up. I'm very, very excited about it. And you're going to see some more quad cortex stuff coming up for tone junkie. Uh, new UA effects pedals, effects amps. Josh Dykes wants to know, um, Josh, I, I haven't really played them a ton. Um, I, 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 I've only heard them. I've been in the room with them. Um, so there we go. Uh, guitar Mark, guitar Mark is a, is a great guy. Uh, what the heck is Kristoff and our much beloved Kemper R and D crew up to bro? They're making a little Kemper. They're making a little one and it's going to be controlled with just the app. And so I think the biggest thing is they've got to get the app right. They've got to get all that working, but I, I'm, I really bet that's what they're doing right now. And I think that's, that's pretty much all they're doing right now. Um, I don't, I don't, other than that, I don't know. I think that obviously QC has some really exciting stuff coming up. They've been hinting at it. I think there's even more that there's even more stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, Helix is several years off. There's not another Helix coming out for a couple of years. There's not another Helix coming out for a couple of years. It's not in the next 18 months. I think it's more like 36 months. I'm more in the 24 to 36 month camp for the new Helix, for the next iteration of Helix. Uh, seriously. Um, I have a reason I think that based on me poking around. Obviously, they're working on stuff. I just don't think it's there. I don't think they're ready to put it out. So I'm going to go more. It's more on the 24-month timeline. I think in about 24 months, we're going to get some hints at the new Helix, that they're going to start nodding at a new a new thing. But they're... Um, and, 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 you know, God bless them if sales are really good still. And I bet they are. Um, but you know, they're about to do that metallurgy update thing. And I think that's going to be great for the helix. I think it's going to breathe, some, breathe some new life into the helix. Um, and, uh, the, the digital wave continues. Hey, um, all right, let's call that a podcast. Um, and, uh, I'm going to do some more of these and we'll do some more questions. I'm going to respond to some of these questions on Instagram too, and tell people to listen to the podcast, but my dudes, Thank you for listening. Episode 95. I hope that was kind of entertaining. I mostly just bitched about the gear page. That's okay.
I had a good time. Uh, next time we're going to talk about some vintage guitars. Um, I'm selling a bunch of stuff. And some people are like, some people have been trying to buy amps. They're like, HW, hey, just sell the amps already. I know, but every time I try to go sell an amp and I actually want to sell it, I'm like, wait, wait, there's one more video I want to do. Wait, wait, maybe I should profile it one more time. Wait, wait, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. But it's time to just move on, move forward. Let's do it. HW.